Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Caffeinated Yogi Talks. As always, I am your host, Danielle Collinsworth. The past few episodes have been a little bit more of either what I like to call yoga teacher talks, aka just a bit of a just a bit of advice. Um, we've also had some life updates, things like that, and I feel like I haven't gone over much of a educational like piece in a while. So today we are going to cover pull-ups. And if you heard me say that word and you were like, "Ugh, I don't have a pull-up." Well, guess what? This episode is definitely for you. And maybe you're a boss that can do like 20 pull-ups in a row. Guess what? You will still find some benefit from this episode. So if you are learning to get one or if you are pro, keep the headphones on, grab yourself some coffee, and let's dive in. Hi there. Welcome to Caffeinated Yogi Talks. I'm your host, Danielle Collinsworth. Here, we will talk about all things yoga, both on and off the mat. Fitness, entrepreneurship, this crazy thing called life, and maybe a bit about coffee. So throw on your headphones, grab your favorite cup of gel or tea, if that's your fancy, and let's get chatting. All right, before we dive into too much fitness, Let me begin by talking about the sponsor of this podcast, which is me. (laughs) I am sponsoring my own show. But in all honesty, I just wanted to give you guys a heads up that all TCY programming, aka the Caffeinated Yogi, aka me, all programming with me one-on-one is discounted. Everything from fitness to mobility, maybe a mixture of both, nutrition coaching, and meditate don't hate. All of those things are on either 20% off or a heavy discount until April 19th because your girl is turning 29. So you can use the code for anything that is a monthly program 29 is fine. That'll be off of all fitness, mobility, and meditation. And for nutrition coaching, that's where you'll get $29 off rather than 20% off. And you'll get $29 off by using the same code but add an exclamation mark. I know that might sound a little complicating, complicated. Um, so just view the show notes. 29 is fine. If you're looking for some foodie savings, add an exclamation mark onto there. And if I start talking about things and you have questions like, I don't know what this means. What kind of band do I use? What does, uh, what is this terminology? Or I really like how she explains things and I want to work with her. Well, guess what? This is the way to do it. Um, I write all of my programming directly me and you. It's not like everybody gets the same workout. We tailor it to your goals. So I have somebody right now that is working towards going on a really long, a badass hike over the summer. So we're t- um, tailoring programming for that. I have another person that is running a half marathon, somebody else that wants to work on Olympic lifting, while another person just wants to lose some weight. All of these things are okay. And then guess what? Maybe you're like, I don't have any goals, but I know I need to move. Well, this is definitely for you because think of this as yoga me taking that mindset and applying it to fitness. No, I won't always be all nice, frou-frou, and butterflies, but if you've ever taken a yoga class with me, I'm normally not that way anyways. So yoga teacher me and coach me are pretty similar. 
All right, anyways, let's dive into the point at hand, which is pull-ups. And first off, if you were like, I do not have a pull-up, don't worry, I was there. I was there for a long time. I want to say that one of my first CrossFit classes, um, like me as a student, I maybe, I want to say it was within like the first week that I was attending, uh, pull-ups were in the workout. And the coach was like, all right, let me see what you got. And I was like, uh, I'm afraid to even like jump up to the bar. I'm not exaggerating. So um, please don't think that you're like, oh my God, there's no way I can do this because I have been there. I have been at that like, fuck, I don't even want to jump up off the ground kind of stage. So um, don't worry, we will get you there. But number one, if you want to work on getting a pull up, In all honesty, one of my best pieces of advice is doing pull-ups. Now, no, I'm not saying that you should jump up on a rig and just flail around and move an inch or so 20 times a day. That's not really going to get you there, right? But moving through the motions of a pull-up will definitely help you to get a pull-up. So it's more so just us understanding how, if, and where should we scale in order for you to get one. Now, We'll talk a little bit here for those of you that do have pull-ups as well as to how to get the volume up, the difference between kipping and strict, and maybe some other fun tips that I am sure you will benefit from. Okay, first up we are going to challenge our inner Missy Elliott and flip it and reverse it. What I mean by this is we want to work the eccentric movement. Those are a lot of times called negative pull-ups. What I mean by this is you want to start at the top of the rep, meaning whenever your chin is right over the bar, your elbows are nice and close, like you just got all the way to the top and you were like, oh my gosh, I did one. And then you probably jumped down. We want to start at that position rather than starting from what is called a dead hang, meaning that your arms are straight and your feet are hanging off the ground and you're just hanging there in space. Yes, it might feel fantastic to your low back. Highly recommend for some elongation within the spine. But for pull-ups, as a progression to get one, let's flip it and reverse it. So you might be like, okay, Danielle, I just told you I can't do a pull-up. How the hell do I then get to the top? This is where we pull in some props. I would recommend sliding a bench nearby, Um, maybe a step stool, but like make sure it's, you know, sturdy, a box, something like that. And it can be at a different height, whatever you need to where you are able to stand onto the box, put your hands on the rig, and then just kind of like swing your body to the side a little. Swing is probably not even the right word. Maybe glide your body to the side. Um, Your hand should be relatively close. Like I'm talking about, let's say I have the box and uh, I just take like a small little foot of a step to the right to where my feet are then hanging off of the box. Or maybe step forward if you want to. That's totally fine. Um, But to where your feet are then cleared of the box. Now, for some, you might get there for less than a millisecond and then you're just going to boosh, like (laughs) fall down to the bottom and you'll be in that dead hang. The key word here, guys, is try. We want to try and lower down as slow as you physically possibly can. The entire time, you want to think about your elbows coming in close to your body. Our neck is nice and long and your core is still engaged. 
Now, let's take a moment real quick to talk about your hand position. I would say that bringing your thumbs to where they're about to touch the shoulders, that's normally a pretty good distance. And uh, maybe on another episode, I'll talk some about a wide grip, a narrow grip, things like that. But as long as your hands are about shoulder width apart, that's going to be a good uh, distance for us to work on some of this eccentric movement. Now, as you lower down nice and slow, in the beginning, this might feel impossible. You might get really frustrated. You might get really pissy. That's why this is called accessory work. I would not recommend doing negative pull-ups in a workout. That's just the wrong stimulus. Uh, if anything, maybe you are adding in a little bit of work for your pull-ups. So you're going to do something that is like maybe four rounds of five negative pull-ups. So every time I'll step up on my box, slide to the right a little, go down nice and slow to the dead hang. Once I get to the dead hang, step down, step on the box, whatever you need, and start back over with your next rep. The last bit to talk about with negative pull-ups is the end of the rep. So after you do these for a little while, you're going to get pretty good at moving slow at the top of the rep. And then once you get to the bottom where you're close to the dead hang, you're pretty much going to just want to end. You're just going to want to get off the bar. So you'll move really fast. This is a common mistake that I see. Instead, I want you to continue to work on being a turtle. <laughs> Go nice and slow the entire time. All right, next up, tip number two are banded assisted pull-ups. I think that these are a fantastic way to work on developing a regular pull-up, but let's talk about the bands themselves. How many times I see people utilize a band to where they are literally just like bouncing around, like <laughs> they're body weight is being supported so much that they really aren't even using much of the upper body strength. And instead, once they get to the bottom, once they get to that dead hang, the weight is like bouncing off of the band. So it's more so that like from the resistance, they're just naturally gonna, gonna jump back up like a little jumping bean at the bar. Yet, no. We don't want that, right? Like, please do not follow any of the Fitzbo accounts that you see on Instagram where they're literally just like jumping around doing God knows what. Um, that's not going to get you anywhere. Sorry, not sorry. Um, so let's say, uh, at least within the gym, the box that I coach at, we have some of the resistance bands. And I'm sorry, I don't know the name of the brand. But this one goes from orange to being the least resistant. And then red, black, purple, green. So green is the most resistance for these ones. And please don't follow by that color scheme because your bands might have a different resistance based on color. All right. So I'm just talking about these as an example. If I use something like green and I am bouncing around, really not using my shoulders much, but maybe my heart rate's getting up because my body's just like flailing around, um, let's take that off. <laughs> let's put on a purple one. Now, whenever you get to the purple, you might be like, damn it, I can do one and one is a struggle. Well, you don't have to use just one band. Maybe you then use purple and red, right? Find a good combo that works for you. Now, as I talked about in the beginning of this episode, I talked a bit to those that already have pull-ups. This is going to be important for you guys. If we are talking about 
strict versus kipping. I a thousand percent recommend if you are using bands to move your way through strict pull-ups. I most definitely am now a believer that you should work on the volume of your strict work before you work on the volume of your kipping work. So, and I'll pick on myself, for the longest time, I had a kipping pull-up and I did not have a strict pull-up and I never worked on strict, I just kept working on the kip. There are so many muscle groups that you are just, I hate to say it, but like not activating. And please note, I'm actually not saying that there's anything wrong with kipping. You're utilizing your glutes in a different way. You're getting more of a hip thrust. It's more of a power output, right? So there really is nothing wrong with it. But if we are talking about gaining strength for a pull-up, then I do not want you kipping with bands. And let's be honest, if you have ever done a banded pull-up, And you go into the kip motion, meaning that from the dead hang, your chest and your head are going to swing through while your hands are, yes, still on the rig, please don't let go, and your feet are coming back. So you're going into the opposite of a hollowed position. You're making a C-like shape with your body. C like my last name, Collinsworth. Uh, If you have bands in front of you and you are making your way through that swing, I don't care who you are. It is annoying as fuck to have those bands just slap you in the face. Be nice to yourself. Don't be an asshole. (laughs) No kipping with bands. And that's actually going to help you in the long run. It will help you for both your kipping and your strict pull-ups. All right? So number one, you can mix up your bands. Number two, strict before kipping. No matter where we are, no matter what kind of bands you are working with. And last but not least, whenever we're talking about bands, where should they go? I am a big fan of putting one foot in the band and then your other foot really can do whatever the heck you want. I personally like to wrap the foot in front. So let's say I put my right foot in the band. I'm then going to let my left foot or my left leg cross in front of the right. From there, which we're going to talk about here in the moment, you will then kind of like squeeze your legs together to help your core activate. Sometimes you will see people put a knee in the band. I don't think that that is wrong by any means. Uh, You're still going to be able to work into the shoulders. But I will say that it is harder for you to activate your core which we do want that activation to happen. And lastly, before we shift gears here, um, anything that would mimic the pull-up. Ring rows are a great modification to pull-ups. I don't think that you should only do them. I think adding in some negative pull-ups, adding in banded pull-ups is going to be the way to go. And I also think that ring rows have this tendency to not translate well Because nine times out of ten, you're just not doing them right. The entire time, you are still in a plank-like position. It's like a reverse plank. So the core is active. Rather, if you are doing a ring row or maybe you're doing an inverted row, so like your hands are on, let's say, a barbell or a rig that's really short. So your butt's like just hovering up off the ground and you're allowing your hands to be more so in a straight line up from the hip. Uh, rather than maybe reclining back with something like a ring row. 
which this then does lead me to talking about two different points of activation and engagement that will help you to get a pull-up and that will also help those that already have a pull-up. And this is in regards to your core and your lats. Both of these things are utilized whenever you make your way through a pull-up. Yes, a lot of times people think it is primarily a shoulder movement, and I think that there is no denying that you are using your shoulders whenever you move through a pull-up. Sometimes people use their biceps a lot, and uh, if you do not complete the rep, meaning that let's say you get to the top, so we're at the negative pull-up start, And rather than releasing all the way down to a dead hang, you'll see somebody go to where their arm is bent like just a little bit less than or a little bit more, I guess, than a goalpost like position. So they never get full extension of the arm. If you learn anything from today's episode and from this entire podcast in general, you always want full range of motion, period. That is the magic tool to all movement. (laughs) So talking about core and lats, let's put core up first. And I got this information from a study that is actually um, directly from, let's see, her name is Jennifer. Jennifer, where'd you go? There we go. Jennifer Hewitt. Um, I actually got this from my uh, uh, alma mater from uh, the University of South Florida where I got my undergrad. And She said the highest measured muscle activation during a pull-up was the rectus abdominis. Yes, the abs. I think that the lower body is unstable when hanging from the bar and the balance changes as you move through the range of motion. As you pull up, you move your torso and head away from the bar to avoid hitting it. This means you have to counterbalance by moving your legs and hips further in front of the bar. So what is she saying here? She is saying that you have to move into a hollow hold position. What is a hollow hold? If you are capable of doing it right now, lay on your back, stretch your arms up overhead, stretch your feet nice and long, and then we're going to lift your hands, your arms, your head, your shoulders, your feet, your legs, to where all of those things are hovering, and we are trying to ground as many parts of the low spine as what you can. If you've ever taken a yoga class with me, I actually like to call this a baby boat sometimes. Um, This is a hollow hold. Now, I'm not saying that you want to make your way into a pike-like position, meaning you're not trying to stretch your legs in a straight line out from the hip, but you are still making a slight hollow hold position to make your way through a strict pull-up. So guess what? Doing hollow holds or maybe even hollow rocks are going to be a fantastic activation tool for your core in order to get a pull-up. I wouldn't say that hollow rocks or hollow holds are the only core activation to help get you a pull-up. Some other ones might be moving your way through some ab wheels or like rollouts, as well as hanging leg raises, toes to bar, things like that. Besides the core, As I said a moment ago, we do also need to activate your lats. Your lats are so important to help you get your chin all the way up over the bar so that you can complete your first pull-up. Now, let's make sure that we are all on the same page. Your lat is basically the muscle on your side body towards the back, I guess you can even say, but it is the muscle that connects your back and your arm. 
Uh, it is going to help stabilize your spine while providing shoulder and back strength, which I feel like all of those things are pieces of the body that we have thus far talked about. Hence why activating your lat as we are making your way through a pull-up is oh so important. Now I know that there are so many humans out there that struggle with feeling the mind-muscle connection to the lat. If that is you, I would recommend adding in any of these to your accessory work, which would be any form of a lat pull-down, rather if that is with a machine or if it's with a band, but you just want to err on the side of caution whenever you use this. So cool, let's say you can do 100 pounds on a lat pull-down machine. The key here though is, are you actually activating and trying to target just the lat or do you feel 10 other parts of your body activating? Do you feel like your triceps and biceps doing all the work? If that's the case, take the weight down. Even like touch onto your lats, touch onto your side body, feel them activate before you grab hold of the handles and then make your way through again some lat pull downs while keeping your core active. Allowing the center line to activate will help to target and connect your mind to the lat. Besides lat pulldowns, a lot of other core work, um, I would say going into different variations of side planks, even doing some farmer carries, uh, single arm will help you, I think a little bit more than double-handed, will 100% help you feel the activation and strengthen your lat. All right, last but not least, tying this all in to target those that have pull-ups. A- Yay, kudos to you. You're a badass. You can do them. That is awesome. Now let's talk about how to make the volume higher. Well, I hope you've been listening because utilizing any of those tools will still benefit you. If there is a wad, a workout that's programmed, and let's say it is programmed with 15 strict pull-ups, and if you cannot do 15 strict pull-ups within either one or maybe two unbroken sets, like no problemo, then I would actually recommend adding a band into your workout. I wouldn't say switch it up to kipping. I wouldn't say to scale the reps down. Well, maybe scale the reps down. But I would say that the best modification would be do one set of strict pull-ups, period. I don't care what your number is. Maybe it's one, maybe it's five. Then step into a band and make your way through the rest of them with a band that is, again, not going to have you bouncing around like some stupid Fitzbo. So just because you have a strict pull-up does not mean that you would not benefit from banded pull-ups and especially negative pull-ups. Negative pull-ups are the tits for every single person. You will receive so much benefit there. Now, as we talk about the volume, so again, in a workout, uh, you have X amount of pull-ups. If we are talking about trying to strengthen the muscle, trying to strengthen your shoulders, and doing it while stabilizing them and keeping them safe, I would a thousand percent recommend strict. I am forever team strict on everything uh, rather than team kipping. If you are trying to strengthen that muscle in particular, you are only going to receive the most benefit if you are targeting it, just like how we talked about a moment ago with activating your lat. 
If you start flailing around through kipping pull-ups, that is really not going to help you with stabilizing your shoulder. Let's say that you have a lot of, like, like your shoulders are rotating forward drastically. Yes, you work out, let's say, five times a week, but you then sit in front of a computer for seven hours a day. So that one hour compared to seven, there's obviously a big difference, right? If you have that rounded shoulder effect and you are having trouble with your posture, moving through something like a strict pull-up is going to help your posture oh so much as compared to moving through something like a kipping pull-up. Now, please note, I'm not saying that kipping pull-ups are the devil. Like, no, you can still do them. But I think you would receive the most benefit within your physical body outside of the gym and your long-term growth inside the gym if you start working on strict work a little bit more. Another good example, if there is a workout that let's say has five pull-ups every round and you make your way through strict pull-ups instead of kipping, The next time that you go into a workout and you are facing kipping pull-ups, they're just going to feel a lot easier. You're going to have a lot more control. You are going to be stable. You might then actually look like a dope athlete and not somebody that's just flailing around on the rig, uh, hoping that your chin gets up and over the bar. Well, guys, that is all I have for you. I am sorry if some of this did not resonate with you and if you just gave me a big old sour puss as I talked about uh, strict over kipping. My apologies. Suck it up, buttercup. I'm sure you will. uh, You'll move on with your day. This is just my tidbit, uh, a little piece of advice, but by all means, take it as you will. I'm going to link in the show notes a post that I made recently that kind of has these as uh, just a few tips. It's like a sliding graphic on Instagram. So that might be something that is helpful for you to hit the save button and refer back to later. Also a reminder that everything from now, so this is on launch date going to be April 6th of 2021. (laughs) From now until April 19th, all TCY programming is 20% off if we are talking about fitness modalities of some fashion or meditation. And all nutrition coaching is $29 off. Please view the show notes. You can see the little code there. You can also message me on Instagram. The podcast now has its own handle, which is at caffeinated yogi talks. Or you can reach me at Danielle the Yogi, D-A-N-Y-E-L-L. If you have any questions, please reach out. It is literally me and you, one-on-one together. So why not send me a message asking any and all questions to see if it is the right programming for you. If you found any value here whatsoever, or maybe there is a topic that I just covered that you're like, huh, I wonder what my other fitness peeps think. Do me a favor, take a screenshot of what you are listening to right now, share it on your Instagram story and give me a tag because that is just exposure for me. And realistically, one of my main goals with this podcast is to reach more humans. So it would mean the world to me. As always, guys, thank you so, so, so much for listening. And until next time, namaste and slay boothang.